Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF, and you can hear my reports on public radio stations across the state. It is 11.20. We are in Little Lamp's Coffee Shop. It's Friday, and with me are Mark Levy of the AP and Angela Columbus of the Philly Inquirer. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. All right. And um, I guess, you know, it's been sort of... We expected a quiet week, but a lot has kind of happened just in terms of uh, figuring out the state's finances. Uh, We've been having short-term payment issues since August. Uh, The treasurer has previously been very reluctant to give the state a loan until the budget is balanced. The budget, as far as any of us know, is still not balanced. Not much has changed officially, but the treasurer did just authorize a loan because he, the governor now, is saying he's going to manage the budget uh, instead of the legislature. He's going to take unilateral action to uh, to fix the finances and to keep us from coming out of this year with an imbalance. Now, a lot of people are saying that that's not really happening and the treasurer should not have given a loan. We're here to talk about who's right and who's wrong and why we don't really know. Um, so, Mark and Angela, I guess this kind of started this week. We didn't know if you know, the treasurer was going to give a loan, but then uh, the governor pretty much said that he was. And this was, I think, Angela, right. you were there. So did this seem like it had been planned? You know, you have to wonder whether there was some sort of coordination between the governor's office and um, Treasury on this, because what happened was we all followed out, followed the governor out to an event on Tuesday here in Harrisburg. Afterwards, uh, he stopped and spoke to us, and during a Q&A with you, I believe, um, he basically was very confident in saying, yes, Treasury is going to extend a short-term loan to us. Um, he didn't have an amount, and he didn't have any details, but he was very confident in his um, in, in the fact that the state would get this loan. Well, a couple hours later, Treasury calls and tells us, whoa, not so fast. We haven't agreed to anything along those lines. Um, you know, we're sticking to our uh, point of view, which has been, unless there's something sort of concrete for us to look at, um, you know, we don't think it's financially prudent to extend a loan. And then, lo and behold, uh, yesterday we get this late-the-day email from Treasury saying, never mind, we are extending this loan and for $700 million. It's for five days. It's going to help make these Medicaid payments. Um, but, you know, at, at its core, I think it's just an extension of the dysfunction and the uncertainty that we've seen play out over the last three months. Um, and, and I'm sure, you know, maybe I don't know that this happened, but I'm sure somebody from the governor's office reached out to Treasury and said, look, we can make this work. We're going to pay you back, extend the loan so we can make these payments, um, because otherwise... You know, we're back to square one, and we are going to have to withhold payments, and that's going to be incredibly embarrassing. And I will say, I mean, I think the loan that we've all been talking about, that the Treasury's been talking about, is a larger loan. I mean, they've talked – in years past, the Treasury has supplied a loan while the finances – while income is low in the beginning of the year. This is something that's happened for the past several years. And then at the end of the year, you know, revenue picks up, we can pay all that back. Usually it's a really big loan. Um, this particular loan, and we still might have to get a bigger loan because we've got lots more payments due soon, but this particular loan, as you said, is only $700 million. We're going to pay it back in five days, and they've committed to doing that because we have some federal reimbursement money coming in. So the governor's office says, yes, we will pay this back. 
Now, so, I mean, Mark, what do you take away from, like, this back and forth between the Treasury, between the governor? I mean, you know, it seems like there's a lot of coordination between the two, but um, the, the larger issue just seems to be where the state is financially and, and where it's going to be in a few months. Um, the governor going to get his own loans against you know, money from the wine and liquor store uh, uh, system and loans against uh, the farm, the value of the farm show complex and, you know, the legislature. It's not clear whether they're ever going to pass anything and there's hundreds of millions of dollars for state universities held up. I mean, the whole thing is so bizarre and so strange and so there's so much uncertainty. Um, nobody really knows what's going to happen next. And um, so the treasurer said after this uh, latest short-term loan, the state's going to, their main bank account will go negative again. Yeah. Uh, so maybe in a period of two weeks. And then it'll stay that way for five months, meaning the state won't be able to make a lot of payments, major payments, on time for a long stretch of time until um, a lot of the big tax collection dates hit in the spring. And so, yeah, and Wolf did seem to be suggesting when he told us that they were getting loans that it wouldn't just be the short-term loan, that it would be a large loan that would keep payments flowing. He said, we're not going to have to delay or freeze any payments. So, I mean, that seems pretty positive from him that this is going to happen. Treasury has not confirmed it, but I do want to talk about because, you know, the big thing that's like in the middle of all this is like the governor's plan that he has made to balance this budget. Now, as you may recall, he uh, sort of swooped in at the end of negotiations as things were breaking down what was it, last week, two weeks ago, last week. And uh, he said, I'm taking unilateral action. And as you mentioned, Mark, part of that is securitizing borrowing against the state liquor industry. Another big portion of that is a lease-back lease agreement right. on the farm show, basically borrowing right. against the value of the farm show complex. And then also, as you also said, Mark, um, not making those $600 million in payments to schools. And so the governor, I mean, he did did sort of lay out this plan to us the other day at a press conference, um, but there's no written anything on this. We haven't seen, you know, dollar amounts. The PLCB has not committed to securitizing its profits. You know, the farm show complex hasn't said anything either. Lots of people really want that $600 million in school payments to be made. So, I mean, I, I guess the question is, is this a real thing? You know, like, what do they have? Um, that's a good question. There's been suggestions that uh, there may be a lawsuit that seeks to halt the governor from borrowing the money against uh, the, the state's, uh, you know, revenues from the state wine and liquor stores. Um, the treasurer cited that plan uh, in his statement yesterday, saying that he would loan more money to uh, the the Wolf administration, and perhaps that's what's underpinning the expectation that there will be a bigger, more permanent loan uh, or, or line of credit to the state to keep it afloat uh, and paying its bills on time over the over the coming months. But um, you know, it's it's a it's a very like I said before, it's just a bizarre situation. The this House and Senate are coming back Monday. There's it's not clear what, if anything, they can or will do. Um, there's still entrenched disagreements over over funding uh, the the a portion of the deficit with with a, with a tax increase of some sort. And um, but. 
you know, Wolf uh, does seem confident that he'll he'll get money from the Treasury, and um, if if he does, this would it would be a more extensive reliance on the Treasury than in than in years past. Just about every year, if not every year since since the recession, the state has relied on Treasury to help keep it afloat to some extent. More and more year by year. As, as the states, yeah, particularly now that the state just had a huge uh, shortfall, uh, huge and unexpected shortfall in the last fiscal year. Yeah, this this reliance would be heavier and more extensive than it than it ever has been. Yeah. And, you know, another answered question is how long it would actually take um, for the LCB to, uh, A, approve um, this plan that, you know, the governor has put forth on uh, borrowing and then paying it back through its its revenues. I mean, it had a meeting this past week in which there was some discussion of it, um, but no formal approval of any, any such plan. Their next meeting isn't until next month um, in, in, in November. Um, so, you know, again, that doesn't seem to me to be an immediate um, solution to to the state's problem, and that creates, again, you know, more reliance on Treasury and more uncertainty as to whether uh, the Treasurer will actually come forward with the money. Yeah, and I do think it's worth pointing out at this point, like, we have there's so much that's unknown about the governor's plan but also we have to ask like what are the alternatives here um you know the house and senate specifically the house didn't seem really inclined to passing anything i mean did you guys see i mean negotiations were clearly going on last week but they melted down quickly some would say that that's because the governor stepped in and said no this isn't happening but i mean we really hadn't been close to any you know resolution just from their side would you say I mean, they seem to portray it initially as not being very far apart in terms of how much money they needed to come up with. But, you know, Mark and I have talked about this as well. I I, I haven't seen, I know they they talk about getting a certain amount of money from a gambling expansion. Well, I haven't seen many details about what that's going to look like. Um, And, you know, they've been talking about gambling expansion plans for two years without any concrete agreement on, on how to do it. Um, you know, there are certain sticking points in that in that plan over VGTs and other things. So, you know, even on the things that they do in theory have agreement on, it's almost like, well, show us how you would do it. Um, and, and, you know, that hasn't been forthcoming. Um, but again, y- you know, it comes down to a fundamental disagreement over tax increases and and House Republicans have been blamed because they are kind of an island onto themselves. They don't want any tax increases, and then they can't come up with any plan um, to really kind of make up for that money. But fundamentally, it, it, it really is a collective failure to get this done. It's, yeah. It's difficult yeah. to blame any one yeah. caucus or one individual in this, I would say. It's, it's impossible. They, they, they negotiate all this stuff in secret behind closed doors. And when you ask about what was said in those meetings, you get different stories about what happened. And it's impossible to assign blame to any one party unless they did this whole thing out in public where everyone can see what was said and what bargaining chips were put on the table and who said what and how. Um, There's no way to assign blame to any one party. They do it in secret, and they come out saying different things about what happened in there. Mm -hmm. And now I do want to go back to, um, you know, part of the controversy is we don't know what Wolf's plan is. But just going back to, like, how this Treasury loan has been received by people, because 
I mean, if anybody's been on Twitter and follows people who are in, you know, state government, you've probably seen all this already, but there was a lot of anger, a lot of, you know, just feelings of um, that there was something hypocritical going on with this Treasury loan. So, I mean, Angela, what have you seen from people? I mean, the point's been made, and I think it's a correct one um, in in many respects. What's changed, really? Uh, What's changed now uh, in the last week and a half um, that makes the state's financial situation any different than it was a couple of weeks back when the Treasurer was saying, you know, I'm not going to loan any money because, uh, you know, there's there's no concrete plan. I mean, even Wolf's plan, the governor's plan, is not set in stone. It hasn't been approved. Um, you know, you ask for fundamental details about it, and, and you can't get an answer to those questions. It is very, um, you know, secret in, in some respects. Um, and it when it shouldn't be, because if this is the rescue plan, then they should be out there thumping their chest and saying this is how it's going to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, listen, it's it's a legitimate point, and it's something that the treasurer is going to have to answer to at some point. Um, you know, I think he feels like maybe there's a little bit more detail out there than there was, you know, a week ago, but fundamentally the, the situation hasn't changed. Right. And I think, I mean, to be fair to the treasurer, he's in a very difficult position here where, you know, he was saying, okay, no loans, no loans until the budget's passed and the budget still hasn't passed and now we're going to be in a position where we're missing payments. And right. we did hear from the governor that, uh, you know, part of this problem with the plan is that it's on shaky foot and we don't have any idea really if some of these big components of it are going to happen, but he doesn't seem to have a backup plan. You know, there's been no talk of, like, any other options. When we asked him, um, you know, what do you do if the Treasury doesn't lend you money, he said, no backup plan there either. This is what has to happen. So, I mean, is that usually how these things work, that there's no plan B? You know, perhaps the governor has something else up his sleeve. Um, Nobody knew about this plan to borrow against uh, the wine and liquor store system before the governor popped out with it. Um, Maybe he briefed uh, the the Senate and House leadership or his folks briefed them like 10 minutes before he announced it. Republicans said they didn't know about it. Right. Um, And so maybe he's got something else up his sleeve that he could fall back on. But um, in a sense, if if his plans hit a wall that could underscore the importance of the legislature actually acting and following through on some of the things that they perhaps may agree on. Um, And to be clear, you know, the the $2.2 billion that they were going to come up with relied on borrowing heavily anyway. I mean, that was the biggest nut there. That was the only, that was really, um, that was one of their most solid areas of of agreement in this whole mess. Um, a, A a bill to expand the state's casino gambling industry uh, gets really complex and political, and uh, that has tended to collapse time and time again before it hits the finish line. Um, we've seen any efforts to increase taxes uh, collapse, um, and so the state's been sort of left to borrow money or to steal money from its its off-budget funds, you know, dedicated programs that deal with, say, you know, cleaning up uh, underground gas storage tanks or, or subsidizing mass transit or um, yeah, farmland preservation. Mm-hmm. And now, 
I guess kind of just to look forward at what's going to happen here throughout these negotiations that have been going on for months and months and months now um, with no resolution, at least like when you had the House and Senate coming back into session, you had some sense of what was going to happen. You know, people were making plans, meetings were being had. Um, The House and Senate are coming back in session on Monday. What do we know about what they're going to do? I'm not sure they know what they're going to do. Um, It sure does not sound like there's been any sort of extensive talks between leadership in the House and Senate to the point where they have a plan to move forward. Um, I think the Senate still wants to see the House uh, pass some sort of tax package. Um, You know, the Senate took a a tax vote. Um, Lawmakers hate doing that. And they hate it even more when they vote for a tax package that doesn't become law. Um, they, they tend to prefer that if, if some people are going to take a hard vote, then everybody takes a hard vote and, right. they, and they all share the blame. But, um, um, you know, I don't, I don't get the sense that there's really any sort of script for next week or beyond. Yeah. It sounds like there is, at least on the side of Senate Republicans, uh, very much an appetite to try and deal with coming up with money um, for the state-related universities. Right. Uh, because, you know, the danger there and the fear there is if you don't come up with that funding, then that is essentially a tax increase of sorts on parents who are going to see tuition increases um, for their kids going to those universities. Um but, you know, again, that is something that you hear only on the Senate Republican side, not so much on the, on the House Republican side. And, you know, it's hard to divorce politics, I think, from this whole discussion because if you're the House Republicans and, you know, you get through this year without any tax increases, then you go back to your district and say, look, you know, we saved you guys from yet another, you know, big bad wolf tax increase. Um, and... So, you know, it becomes um, it becomes a question of politically, are they going to try and step away from something that they've held on to for so tightly and for so long? Yeah, and that's actually something I also wanted to bring up because part of the thing that we all kind of went to after Wolf kind of swooped in and took over these negotiations was, is is that it then? Is this going to have a chilling effect? on the actual will of the legislature to come up with a revenue solution of their own. And um, as you said, I mean, a lot of the House Republicans, I think especially that conservative block of Republicans that hadn't wanted tax increases and was effectively holding things up before, they're perfectly happy to just kind of wipe their hands and walk Uh away. I mean, is that, do you think that's a good assessment? Um, You know, I don't know. Um, It's been tough to figure out. It's been tough to figure out how, what, what the effect of Wolf's unilateral action has been on the the different uh, caucuses and, and lawmaker to lawmaker, it seems that um, one driving force will be to come up with cash for the state universities. Um, the figures I'm seeing is that the, the universities. Uh, and I'm sorry, not state universities, but Penn State, Temple, Pitt, and Lincoln tend to give in-state students about a $10,000 to $12,000 annual tuition break because they get the state aid. So that that will be a driving force, um, but will they be as compelled to 
to borrow, you know, a billion point three or one point five billion dollars as they were going to do, because now Wolf has a plan to do it anyway. Hard to know. There's there's a lot of um, sort of pearl clutching in the uh, in the, in the legislature over Wolf acting mm-hmm. unilaterally to borrow against a wine and liquor store system money. That's a very it's a, it's a it's a very politicized subject because there's a lot of folks out there who want to privatize, who want the state just to divest the whole thing, and, and this just, makes it much harder to privatize if it's saddled with all that debt. Right? That yeah, that could be. There's a lot of uh, thinking going on about that. So, um, you know, the, the governor's move uh, to use that money to borrow could be very controversial, and that could motivate um, the privateers to uh, try to give him an option or to stop that. I'm also hearing, too, with the um, $200 million that they would be getting from that farm show lease, lease back. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing from, I think, House Republicans specifically is when you lease out state property, I mean, that generally requires legislative approval to move that into the general fund for you know use in that way. Um, does that sound correct? I might be wrong on that. You know, I, I don't I don't know about that, but what I have heard is there there is a lot of hand wringing you know going on constitutionally as to whether the legislature is giving up. Um, you know, if it, if it does nothing, mm. is it giving up? or ceding to Governor Wolf its authority to right. essentially, you know, a, a approve spending and also how to essentially come up with the money for that for that spending. Yeah. And I it is it is a very interesting constitutional question because you know, I mean it calls into question. Well, what's the need for the legislature if you if you have um, a governor who can govern by fiat? You know, and um, and I do think on a very sort of broad, you know, fundamental level, that is troubling a lot of longtime um, staffers in, inside the legislature. Absolutely. And, I mean, it should be said that, like, this doesn't mean that we have a budget. We still don't have a budget. And this could certainly put us in a situation where we don't have a budget for much longer. And this is primarily bo- balancing the budget on borrowing, um, which we, is not something people want to do. And, and that, that comes with a cost. Comes so with cost. to the extent that the state has been relying on the Treasury to tide it over uh, for you know a few days here, a few weeks there, that comes with a cost. The Treasury charges interest on right. that. Right. To the extent that the state is going to borrow money against its its liquor its liquor store system or its farm show or or the tobacco money that it gets every year that the, the legislature discussed that that idea that comes with a cost that cost is interest and the cost of doing a big bond deal um, the other cost involved here is is if it just got the state just got a downgrade uh, yeah. from from standard and poor's last month because standard and poor's had no confidence or declining confidence that the state would get its budgeting act together and fix its year-over-year deficit. So uh, a bond or a credit downgrade uh, comes with a cost, higher borrowing costs. Um, If there's another credit downgrade in the offing because the other credit rating agencies are watching this, that will come with a cost too. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I did have the number. On this $700 million loan that we just got, mm-hmm. we're going to have $115,694 in interest, and that's just $700 million. The loan that would come later on um, would be at least like $1.5 billion, possibly more, if we're going to make it through that five-month period. So, 
Right. And, you know, I guess looking forward, uh, my question becomes, you know, you're, you're going to be in the exact same position in a few months. Really, if you stop to think about it, in four months, the governor has to present his new budget plan, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, once again, you are facing the very same problems next year, uh, in the next fiscal year that you are in this one. So if you're not dealing with it now... Um, what are you going to do, deal with it in an election year when, uh, you know, there's a governor's race, uh, the half the Senate is up for grabs, half, I mean, the, not, the entire, yeah. Half, next year's not going to be the year yeah. for them to deal with this. And typically in an election year, you, you don't see the legislature or really the, the administration tackle these really big controversial issues. No, this um, year was the year. Yeah, this was... So this year is very much viewed as being the time to figure it out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you get anything else you guys want to add about this fiscal picture? Like, you know, any predictions going into next week? Uh, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we did have a couple other things that happened this week, namely uh, Secretary of the Commonwealth, uh, Pedro Cortez, stepped down. And as far as I know, nobody knows why. Um, any word on that? Yeah. It's cloaked in mystery, it really. It is. I um, mean, the, the, the governor's office put out a, a statement Wednesday afternoon that said in, in six or seven words that Pedro Cortez, the secretary of state, had submitted his resigna- resignation. Um, and that's it. That's yeah. all we know. They Then they went on for six or seven paragraphs about the uh, man who would replace him, who was the, the top deputy at the agency. But, you know, the Department of State is sort of a uh, – uh, it handles uh, elections for yeah. the state. So that's a very politically charged issue. And to the extent that nobody knows why or nobody in the administration is saying why Cortez uh, resigned, that's set the rumor mill on Crazy. fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. fueling it um, by their uh, insistence on not explaining the reason behind his yeah. departure. It's very unusual, and he hasn't answered any calls as far as I know or said anything on the no. record. So wanted to get that in there because I thought it was super weird. Um, anything else you guys are looking at as we go into next week? You know, there's uh, there could be a vote in, in the House Finance Committee on the Marcella Shale tax bill. Right, and that's um, actually, it's not usually in the Finance Committee. That's a weird one. It's not. Now, this this bill was written to amend the tax code. The other Marcella Shale bills I've seen were written to amend the oil and gas code. So they ended up in a committee, the Environmental Committee in the House, whose chairman opposes right. a, uh, an increase in, in the shale tax or, or a new you know severance tax on Marcella Shale drilling. Um, but, you know... When you have a House Republican leadership uh, solidly against increasing taxes on uh, on Marcella Shell drilling, it's it's really hard to say that that there's any future for this bill or yeah. any future that for this bill to sort of end the stalemate uh, or fix the budgeting situation. Yeah, uh, and that's Gene DiGeralmo, uh, a Republican, but a very moderate Republican who often votes with Democrats from southeastern Pennsylvania. So uh, it's an interesting one that's going to probably keep coming up, even though last week the severance tax did right. fail to get onto the floor uh, via discharge resolution. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, other than that, we're just trying to figure out what the legislature is going to do when they come back on Monday. So uh, I guess stay tuned for that. All right, guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All righty. Back next week.